You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. I pray, Father, that there be a rhema word for exactly what they need today that would kick the enemy out of their life, that they would hear your truth, believe that, and be totally changed. Father, speak through me to your people today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at the person next to you and say, it's good you're here today because I need something good looking sitting next to me. Say, have you been working out? Because you look fantastic. Say, I heard you singing during the worship. Why aren't you on the worship team? Look at the person next to you and say, I'm doing the 4 o'clock a.m. shift next week at the all-nighter. Look at the person next to you and say that right now. (laughs) I asked you to look at the person next to you. (laughs) Praise God. We've been talking about the keys to the kingdom, and I so appreciated last week the worship team. They were singing the song, and uh, I remember Gail was singing, use your key, use your key, use your worship key, and uh, that tells me somebody's listening. Amen. Worship is a key. Prayer is a key. God's word is a key. We're talking about all the different keys to the kingdom, and uh, we know that in Matthew chapter 16... Starting in verse 16, Jesus was asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. How many of you have ever got a word from your father in heaven? It wasn't from an idea. It wasn't from a person. It wasn't from flesh and blood, but it was literally from God. He got this word from God. And Jesus said, I say to you that on that revelation, I'm going to build my church. This is not my church. Don't come up to me and tell me I really like your church, Pastor Joe. Don't put that on me. I belong to this church. (laughs) I pastor this church, but I don't own this church. I didn't build this church. It was built by none other than Jesus Christ. He's the church builder. We are just living stones being built together as a temple. The Holy Spirit's here. Thank God. And we are just temples of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are sharp stones. Look around here. Look for them sharp stones. Look at them. You know who they are. Some of us have been smoothed a little bit. Why are you laughing so loud over there? Are you sharp? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) He said, and on this I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let me ask you a second question. Can hell beat us? I said, can hell beat us? Pastor Pastor Alicia said, heck no, heck no, can't. That's the one time you could say it. Hell no, is hell going to beat us? No. 
And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. The keys have been given to us. Say, I've got the keys. Wow. Isn't that great? Like to unlock heaven, you don't have to ask Pastor Kevin or Pastor John or Pastor Courtney for the keys. They've been given to you. And today we're talking about that key, which is the word. And it's the revelation of the word. You see, there's a lot of people that read the word and hear the word, but don't really hear it with their spiritual ears. It's not real to them. You know some people, have you ever shared scripture with people and just goes right over their head? Or do you remember when scripture went right over your head? Or is scripture right now going right over your head? The key is the revealed word of God. See, Peter got a revelation. He got a revelation from God about who the word was. Because Jesus was the word. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. This is all talking about who? Jesus. Say, Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Say, the Word is Jesus. They're interchangeable. He was in the beginning. So this Word was there in the beginning. It's always existed. It's always been with God. And it's always been God. And he was in the beginning with God. And everything that was made was made through him, through the word. Amen? And without the word, nothing was made. Now, this is in reference somewhat to Genesis chapter 1, right? We know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do it? Well, it said the spirit was hovering over the chaos, and then God said something. He spoke. Let there be light. And there was light. And then he went on and spoke for six days, created everything. And after each thing he created, he said what? It is good. And on the seventh day, he rested. Now, the word... In the Greek for word here is the word logos. It's legos with an O. Logos. And the word logos means, now some will teach that it means the written word of God, but it's even much more deeper than that. It's the actual narrative of God. It's the message of God. It's, it's, it's the actual, it's a concept or an idea, a message or a narrative. And you see that God's narrative in the beginning before men fell was what? It was good. His narrative was all good. Everything he spoke was good. Until Adam and Eve believed something that wasn't good. John 1 verse 14. And the word, the logos, the narrative, the good message became a person. It became flesh and dwelt among us. I remember when I first became a Christian, and they were trying to explain to me why God sent Jesus to earth. And this is the illustration they gave me. If you saw a a hill of ants, how would you get their attention? My first thought was kick them, but then I might kill some of them. My second thought was get a bullhorn. Hey, ants! But I don't know if I speak ant language. 
How am I going to tell these ants that, hey, there's some food over here, or hey, there's a place over here where you'll live better, whatever it might be. How would I send that message to them? Well, they said, what would you, the, the, one thing you could do is you could become an ant. And that's what Jesus did. He became a person so he could tell us. So the word, the narrative, the good message became flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his what? His glory. And what is God's glory? When Moses said, show me your glory, God said, I'll show you what? I'll let my goodness pass you by. Yeah, God is good all the time. It's good to say that. God is good all the time. <laughs> His narrative is good. And before men fell, it was all good. You know, when people say, how you doing? And they go, it's all good. And I go, no, it's not really. <laughs> it was once. It's not all good right now. It's not. And they beheld his goodness, and the goodness as the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Full of grace and truth. See, now, since everything isn't good, we need grace. Amen? How many of you could use some grace in your life? Which means favor and blessing that you don't deserve. You know, uh, you could just take for granted all your blessings. Sometimes I do it, and God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Be thankful for what you have because you don't deserve any of it. And he doesn't say it to me as being mean. He says it to chasing me like, do you realize I sent my son for you to die for all the mistakes you made, and I've graced you with eternal life, and I've blessed you with a ministry and all these different things? You know, you want to remember the grace that has been given to you, the grace that has been given to us. That's when, when somebody walks in the door here, we don't have to tell them what they're doing wrong, okay? We don't have to sit there and put our church lady glasses on. Let me see some church lady glasses. I'll stop. Like this. Oh, let me, let me, uh, let me, come over here. Let me see what's wrong with you. That's what church lady glasses are. They're let, let me put on my telescope so I can see every little mistake that you make. No, when you come in the church, the message is God loves you just the way you are. Listen, when the woman was caught in adultery, I love this because she was caught. She actually deserved to be stoned to death. They brought her to Jesus, and he said, whichever one of you hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. Whichever one of you doesn't need grace, Whichever one of you deserves everything, all goodness, you throw the first stone. What they do? They drop the stones. Because there's nobody that doesn't need grace. Key point here, though. He said to her, and neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. See, that's the thing about grace. Grace is the motivation not to sin. Grace is the motivation not to sin. Not that... You're so messed up. You're such a knucklehead. Stop. But God loves you, has a better thing for you. Amen? Listen, when a little baby is, or a toddler is walking out close to where, you know, the highway is, you stop it, right? You don't care. Go ahead. Just do what you want to do. Because it doesn't know. It doesn't see. And that's how God is towards us. 
That's nice that you would like to go there and you actually have the freedom to do that, but I don't want you to. Let me show you something better. And Jesus said, look, I don't condemn you. I'm not going to stone you, but it would be best if you didn't do it anymore because what will happen? You'll end up in the same place. Amen? So full of grace and full of truth. Listen, the only truth is what's in here. This is the truth that will never pass away. Last night, the couples thing, one of the questions, or one of the true, we had to, they had this trivia, and it was like true or false, so I got one for you. You tell me if this is true or false. A Twinkie has an infinite shelf life. A Twinkie has an infinite shelf life. True or false? True or false? If you think it's true, raise your hand. Those people all love Twinkies. If you think it's false, raise your hand. All right, it's pretty divided. Guess what? How many? 45? It said they only last for 45 days. That's not true. We know it's longer than that. But it's not infinite. So if you got a bomb shelter and you're waiting for the end of the world and you got Twinkies stacked up in there with your dried beans and you got your Twinkies... <laughs> You're allowed to eat a few of them, okay? Rotate them. But understand this. This truth will never pass away. Heaven and earth could pass away, but my truth, my word, my key to the kingdom will never pass away. And you need this word. You need to unlock heaven on earth. How many of you have some situations where you need heaven on earth? Guess what? In heaven, nobody's crying. In heaven, nobody's starving. In heaven, nobody's sick. So we're seated in heavenly places. So by faith, we should live like we're in heaven now. By faith. In worship, in prayer, and in the Word. This is one of the keys that unlocks heaven to earth. Matthew chapter 4. Even Jesus... When he dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, he showed us what to do with the enemy. See, you need grace and truth. Why? Because a lie is very powerful if you believe it. The only thing that makes a lie powerful, though, is if you believe it. How many of you are on social media? And you'll see a story that this person died or that this person did something, and you'll be like, I didn't know that. Like these stories or these rumors. And you're like, wait a second. I just saw that person on the news. They're not dead. But there's a bunch of people believing it. And people act on stuff like that all the time. Come on now. I mean, I can remember seeing something and being like, oh, so sad, you know, about something and finding out later that wasn't true. I mean, there are people spewing out lies in social media, and when someone believes it, it's very powerful. In the same way, the devil will lie to people, and they start to believe it, and it becomes very powerful. I saw this thing about Columbine. See, if the devil can get you to start saying stuff, because what you speak is very powerful, and one of the young people, it was on one of these shows recently, he said he was going to kill himself. Listen to me. What do they say about anybody that's suicidal? I know because I was at one point in my life. When they start saying it, you got a problem. 
The first thing when somebody says to me, and we've had people, you know, say, you know, we think this person's suicidal. I said, do they say it? Because if they start to say it, that's a really bad sign. Because it means they're contemplating doing it. And eventually you could talk yourself into doing something that's so crazy. And this young man talked himself into it, and then he went out and shot up a school and shot himself, all because of something he said. And, and on the show, they were saying, as soon as we heard him say it, we should have done something. So if you know someone that's saying stuff like that, you got to do something. Because what you hear and you believe and you say can eventually become reality. Amen? That's how powerful words are. Now, when the devil came to Jesus the same way he came to Adam and Eve, when everything was good and he talked them out of all the goodness, he came to the good person, the only good person who ever lived, and tried to taunt him into warring in the flesh. When Jesus knew the only war is in the spirit. Amen? When Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, they chose the flesh. They chose to eat of what they weren't called to eat. They chose to do it outside of God's way, which is anything you do in the flesh. Outside of his word is doing it the way of the enemy. So the devil came to him. Has the devil ever come to you? Raise your hand if the devil ever came to you. (laughs) Now, I'm sure he didn't come to you with a pitchfork and, and a devil suit on, did he? Well, if he did, I want to talk to you after the service, because everybody is dressed in red today. <laughs> anyway, you know what the biggest charade he has? He's pulled the wool over all of our eyes to make him out to be a cartoon character. The biggest charade that he has against some Christians and unbelievers is that he doesn't exist. He does exist, Unfortunately. And he came to Jesus. If he came to Jesus, you think he's coming to you? If he's not scared to go to Jesus, you think he's afraid to come to you? In Luke chapter 4, even after Jesus shot him down, it says that he waited for another opportunity to come at Jesus. You think he's waiting for opportunities to come at you through people, through the news, through TV shows, through music, through your friends, through other Christians, wherever. He will come. And he came to Jesus and said, if you're the son of God, and Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days, only liquid, he did a liquid fast for 40 days. He's hungry. And he said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Why? To feed his flesh. To feed his flesh. And what did Jesus say? He said, no! Let's practice telling the devil no. Listen. What is the first word that you, these little toddlers, after they learn, daddy? Is it daddy first, or is it mommy? They were talking about it. Uh, I, I think it was the Vaughns they were talking about. They were debating it on Facebook or something, and everybody was chiming in. Did they say dad, dad? All right, you knew moms. Did they say mama or dad, dad first? Dad, 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 dad. Now the only time they say my name first is when they need money. Dad, 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 dad. Dada. <laughs> it's mommy, 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 dad, dad, dad. What? Dollar, dollar, dad, dad. The... <laughs> it's a derivative of dad, dad. Dollar, dollar. <laughs> Jesus, and they, they say no, right? Because no is easy to say. But we say no to all the right things. 
We need to say no to the devil. Can you give the devil a no right now? No! I said no! Jesus told him no! I'm not going to do it your way. I know you're trying to lure me in to fight in the flesh. I'm not going. Guess what happens in the flesh war with the devil? You lose. The flesh profits nothing. Jesus said, no, it's what the word says. People don't live by their flesh alone, but by every word. Now, the word there is the word rhema. Everybody say rhema. It's a place where a couple people here went to the Bible school. Anybody here go to rhema Bible school? All right, at least one person did. Thank God we got a scholar in here somewhere, Pastor Kev. <laughs> but uh, that's based on the word, the word rhema which is a powerful word. And uh, the word rhema, the real definition is a sound or utterance from the human voice. Utterances in which God, through someone, declares his mind, saying of any sort concerning some occurrence. So you have the logos, which is the message, the narrative, the good message of the gospel of God, the totality of it. And then you have the rhema, which comes from a Greek word, which means to pour forth. So rhema is more speaking about a specific occurrence, the word of God over a situation. And that's what Jesus did. When the enemy taunted him and tested him, he, he rhema'd him. And I like rhema to me. It's like a ray. It's like a specific. Have you ever been in church and you thought the pastor was talking just about you? Are you in here today thinking the pastor's talking just about you or just like you specific? Did you ever? People will come up and say, well, why were you talking about me, pastor? I'm not talking about you. I mean, the church only had three people at that time, so maybe I was. But now you can't say nothing. That's why you need your church to grow. Because when I used to preach to two or three people, if I offended two of them, we're done. But now, if you think I was preaching to you, and maybe I was, you don't know. <laughs> Unless I say your name. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, think, you know, do you ever get that ray right on you? It's a, you feel like you're in the hot seat. <sighs> you know, some, you're a guy, you know, and it's, you met this girl, and she says, come to church with me, and you're sitting in that seat, and all of a sudden you're sweating. It's like you're in the hot seat. <sighs> oh, I see you right now. I see all of you. <laughs> the girl said... How many, is there any guys here that that's how they got you here? Yeah, oh, we got a new, yeah, raise your hand, come on. Oh, look it, oh. Raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand. White boy, that's how you got here. I know because Jamie used to come without him. And we know how Court, Pastor Courtney got here, right? His wife threatened him, threatened Better get to church, boy. I love it. It's the rhema, man. It's every rhema that comes from the mouth of God. 2 Corinthians 10. I love these scriptures. It's everything. We, do, we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. That's not how we fight. We don't fight by turning the stones into bread. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. That's not how we do it. We don't fight by eating too many chocolate chip cookies. <sighs> I ate two cookies last night, and I still can't shake it. 
We had the couples group last night. Yeah, I've been doing so good. I saw those dang cookies. And I thought it was an oatmeal raisin cookie. I feel so healthy when I eat an oatmeal raisin cookie. So I took it out, and that chocolate was in there. So heavy. I don't really don't like it, but I had to eat the whole thing. You know? It's just a wasted cookie. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know the word carnal comes from the word carnivorous. And you realize that before Adam and Eve fell, when everything was good, they didn't eat meat. So I guess vegetarians are really godly people. Remember that movie Noah, you know, when, when man fell, all of a sudden they're like eating. Back then they ate like raw meat. It's like, yo, brother, cook that darn thing. You know, they're like, <laughs> this blood all in their face and everything, the carnal. You know, we don't fight in the carnal. We don't fight in the flesh. We got to go back to the way it was in the garden. And, 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 and Jesus reversed it. Adam and Eve gave into that. I know, it's really sad, isn't it? <laughs> I'm in total agreement with you, Logan. If they would have ate that darn thing, everything would have been fine. If that woman hadn't been deceived. If that woman had just kept her hands in her pocket. Listen, when you go into a store, who's more likely to touch everything in that store? Did you ever go shopping with a woman? I go in there, I know what I want, I buy it, I leave. She's in there touching everything. I got to see it, I got to feel it, I got to look at it. And, and, and they, that's what happened in the garden. Adam was like, nah. She was like, wait, let me look at it. Let me touch it. <laughs> let me check, what's the price on this thing? Anyway, it's not carnal, but it's mighty. Am I in trouble? It was a general women thing. It wasn't one individual woman. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know, there's been times you said I wasn't in trouble, and I was later on. So I'll, we're in church. Tell the truth. Am I Okay. <laughs> yeah, you think you want to be a pastor when your wife's sitting in the front seat? It ain't so easy, is it? Because you say one wrong thing, you think that 10 to 1 rule, 10 positive erases one negative? Not in church. Not if you're preaching. Because if you say one negative thing in front of 300 people, you got to say 3,000 things. And then maybe you're off the hook. Last night we were playing these games, and, and one of them was called Doghouse, where you, <laughs> it was like it's like a musical chairs. The couples group we did this last night. So the guy, the women were in the middle, going around in circle like this, and then the men go around in circle outside them. And Pastor Kev, we stop the music, and he goes Doghouse, and the man has to get on his knees, and the woman sits on his back. Well. They all scrambled to do it. And then, like, like Kerry scrambled to get on Jose's back, and Jose's pants came down. And I was like, I was like, now we'll have a church. But why is the doghouse thing? Why does the man have to be on here and the woman sits on his back? Why do we got to be in the doghouse? Why don't you get to go in the dang doghouse? Why is it only for us? What are we, dogs? I'm starting a new thing. You go to the cat house. Because you know I hate cats. 
You go to the cat house. You do something wrong. Get in the cat house. I remember growing up, people would go like, I'm in the dog house. I go, I'm never getting married. I'm just, I don't want any part of this doghouse thing. Amen? Anyway, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to pull down these lies. Now, you know how much I love visuals, right? So I need Jesus, who's Jamaican, to come up here right now. And I need the devil to come up here. Of course, the devil is my son. Makes total sense. We got Jamaican Jesus, and the pastor's son is the devil. And then we got the we got Jesus. Look, look, is this Jesus right here? Come on now. Look at that right here. And then Jesus has one of his angels. We needed an angel, so. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's just. Let's just. Let's get this part over with right now. Are we, are we done? <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but this is my life. You know, the devil comes. He will send me a lie. Like, that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. One at a time. I'll, I'll tell you when to send the other lies. I can only handle one. No. That wasn't in the script, but uh, <laughs> do you ever feel like the devil, he's just taking everything you got, you know, you're living in poverty, holy cat, is, it, is that my wallet? <laughs> Can't make it stuff up here. And you know, you start to think, do you ever start to think that you just, you're never going to be able to make it? Do you ever start to think that? And then you're married to somebody like that? And like, no, I'm just kidding. But you just feel like, you know, you ever been there where you just felt like you're just going to keep, it's like your bank account is empty and it just has a hole in it and you don't know where that money's going and you're just angry and you just, this poverty thing just hangs on you. And you know what it does? It starts to make you hopeless about your finances and you just get hopeless. It's never going to be enough. I'm never going to have enough. And the devil just uses these lies. Did you ever get hopeless? Did you ever get hopeless in your life? How many of you may even feel hopeless right now? No, you can stay here. You can stay over here. It's not like they come and then they leave. Stay over here. Come on. These things will just hang on you. They'll just hang on. And then all of a sudden you feel like a pain in your body, which is me almost every day now. And, and you start coughing and you start feeling, oh, and that's checking your temperature. And, and then you make the big mistake of Googling it. Did you ever Google it? Like, I got a pain in my side. You Google it. You're going to die tomorrow. WebMD says, get to a hospital. And you look in the mirror, and it's like your tongue is blue now. And you made the mistake of Googling it, and you just, your body just, and then you start to feel insecure because you haven't been eating right. You feel like you're fat. This was not my idea. Like, you have... You feel weak, like you haven't been working out, and even though you go to church and the person next to you says you look like you've been working out, you know you haven't been working out, so you feel just insecure about who you are because you're poor, you're sick, 
and you're hopeless. And of course, then you get depressed. Oh, Lord Jesus. Did you ever get depressed? And the whole time, Jesus is trying to get a message to you. But this stuff has you. No matter how pretty the angel is that comes over and tries to do something, this stuff is just hanging on you. It's hanging on you. It's hanging on you. It's hanging on you, and Jesus is trying to get to you, and you're trying to fight it with your flesh, and you can't win, and then you remember what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, and verse 17. It says that you have a sword. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. So you reach out for the Word of God, and I'm reaching out for the Word of God, not for you, angel. Hey, angel, you did your job. Jesus has been trying to get you the sword of the Spirit all this time. And the negative narrative that's been in your life, you start to take a hold of this. And then Jesus gives you a word about poverty. Jesus got to have a word about poverty. What's the word? Did you say divorce my wife and have no kids? What'd you, what'd you say? <laughs> that I'll have money then? What? Jesus, could you tell me again? <laughs> Oh. And he said in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says what I would do with this sword. It said I would cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus with poverty. Poverty? Poverty? It says all grace abounds to me. <laughs> what, what do I do about insecurity? <laughs> <laughs> he loves me unconditionally. I cast you down. What do I do about sickness? Help me. Help me. These pains and everything. By my stripes. By my stripes. No, by his stripes. I've been healed. Get out of here, sickness. But I'm still a little depressed. What do I do about depression? All you gotta do is go over here, your depression goes away. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Get down. Is there anything left? Oh, hopelessness. Oh, I've been so hopeless. Help me. Hope in me. My God. My God. They're not saying nothing. All hope has been poured out of my heart by the Holy Spirit. And listen what it says. It says, take every thought into captivity, ready to punish disobedience. Bow at the name of Jesus now. Now look. Wait. Let. <laughs> it says you're to be ready to punish all disobedience. I'll just punish it. Beat it down in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And beat it down as long as you want. Just say no, no, no. Say no to the enemy right now. No. <laughs> and guess what happens when you say no to him? He flees. He flees. Get out of here. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Look, Jesus is full of grace and truth. He's redeeming the little demons. <laughs> oh, 
Listen. The sword of the Spirit talked about in Ephesians is not just any sword <laughs> that you get from five below. Uh, <laughs> this thing is really sharp. Uh, but it's talking about like a dagger. It's talking about a dagger. Now, in Hebrews, it talks about a double-edged sword. And here's what that, you know, that you could make an illustration of this. You know, we have the word, which is Jesus, the Jamaican Jesus. <laughs> you know, I know Pastor Alfonso said that Jesus is going to speak Latino. He's going to speak Jamaican, too. I'm going to go, can I go to heaven? He's going to go, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you believe in Jesus? Come on in. It's my best I could do. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyway, but the double-edged sword, the Word of God, when, when Jesus is the Word, so that's sharp, but to get a two-sided, we have to speak it. We have to be the other edge. You have to start speaking well about your finances. You got to start speaking well. Listen, every time sickness tries to get on me, I'm getting really good about this. I'm like, no, I'm not getting sick. And it works. And in the year 2000, I started saying, nope, I'm prosperous and I'm successful. You know, there's something going on in social media and, and around our church, these, these rap girls, I call them. They're all, you know, they sell these wraps and everything and they make you all skinny. You rap, you, you put the wrap on, you dance, and then you get skinny. I don't know how it works. But I, there's one thing I really like about what they do. And that's, they're always saying positive stuff about their raps, about their business. And I heard they had a convention and they were doing worship music. So praise God, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to sell raps here, okay? What I'm saying is, is I like the idea that they're saying positive stuff about what they're doing because it's attractive. It draws people in. See, negativity is never going to draw people to Jesus, the good message, the rhema message, the positive word will bring... Listen, if somebody's sick, they want to hear they can be healed. Amen? Amen. If somebody's poor, they want to hear that they can prosper. Yes. If somebody's hopeless, they want to hear about hope. Yes. A young girl took my book. A young girl, I don't even know. This woman cuts my hair. I didn't even know she was reading my book. Her young daughter took my book and made her nonfiction book report about my book. Right? We, we, she told us this week. She took my book to school. She put it in whatever a shoe bought. I don't know what they did. You know, she's young. I don't know, 12 years old, something. And she made all these placards with the word hope around my book. She brought it into her class, got up in front of the class, and told a little bit of my story, I guess. And it ended up that the teacher and a bunch of the other students ended up buying my book because the young girl was selling hope. Selling hope. I'm not telling you this so you get my book. I, you know what made me excited? That's why I wrote it. To bring people hope. Because there's a hopeless world looking for hope somewhere. There's a depressed people. They're looking for joy. You have the word. You have the... Now, back to the sword. The sword in Ephesians is more like a dagger. It's a sharp dagger that they use in warfare. And, you know, the enemy should be afraid of the sword you got. It should bring fear to him. 
His little lying minions should be afraid. And these swords that they were talking about were, were for close-up warfare. In other words, that when they get so close that you just, and you turn that and you, and you kill it. And some of you, depression and poverty and sickness are getting a little close. And it's time to take your dagger out. And the insecurity and the, and the thoughts that you're not going to make it anymore. It's time for you to say, no! No! This sickness will not defeat me. This despair will not make me depressed. I will have hope. I will believe. I will get through this. I will overcome. Come on. You want to bam. It's in your hands. It's in your hand. The sword of the spirit is for you. We all want to wait for Jesus to come on his white horse with his sword. Guess what? He will one day. But he's given us the rhema word. He's given us the sword of the spirit now to fight. Now, some of you just given up. Just given up. It's time to get back in that word again and unlock. Take the key out and unlock your victory again. If God is for you, what can be against you? Nothing. If you're sick, by his stripes you are healed. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He didn't call me into this ministry to, to, for me to quit. God has given you everything you need. Use it. Let's pray right now. I want to make sure that everyone here knows Jesus is their Lord and Savior. We don't receive Jesus by the flesh. We don't do anything to get salvation. We do it by speaking a rhema word. From John chapter 3 and Romans chapter 10. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish and have everlasting life. You could choose to believe in him today. You could speak that rhema word and your life will be changed forever. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. I've made mistakes, but I want to live forever. In heaven, Jesus took my punishment, and then you raised him from the dead. I receive that grace now. Raise me to a new life. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me brand new today. Amen. Everybody's eyes are closed, head bowed. If you said that prayer for the first time, you want to receive Jesus in your heart, forgiveness of your sins, know that you're going to live forever. If you died tonight, are you 100% sure you'd spend eternity in heaven? If not, after saying that prayer, acknowledge him. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father. So if you said that prayer for the first time, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand so I can see it. If you want to receive Jesus now as your Lord and Savior, amen. I pray, I pray that everyone here knows Jesus Christ more than anything. 